Welcome to another episode of Really Healthy. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm Melanie Douglas. Got some fun stuff for you here. We're going to count macros today? Yeah. I have your macros all figured out. Ooh, I love love macros. And also air fryers. Kind of Uh, starting to be a little bit of a a rage here to some degree. We we have a lot of people asking us questions. Are they good? And uh, you can actually train your taste buds? Yes. If you don't like broccoli, we're going to talk about how to make your taste buds like broccoli. Can it work the other way? Yes. Where you you can learn how to hate um, the things you like? Yeah. Like help me not like cheesecake? Yeah. Change my night. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. All it's, right. So talk to me about counting macros. First of all, what the heck are macros? Uh, I know what they are, but maybe people out there listening right. don't counting know Right. Counting macros. Are. Macros are car- carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So these are the nutrients that provide calories and everything that we focus on. And every few years, one of them becomes evil, right? Carbs are bad, then fat's bad. Then so they're kind of the, <laughs> the big three, right? The big the, three. The macro, you know, think of it's right. macro versus micro. They're the, the main things that we should be focused on in our diet. Yes. And here's why people like counting macros, because it doesn't, you don't have to count calories, and it basically gives you the freedom to choose to eat whatever you want to eat. But once you hit your limit on that macro, you're done. You're done. So let's say, for example, someone is – so you could have 300 grams of carbohydrate a day. And you're like, great. I want to use those 300 cr- grams of carbohydrate and I'm going to eat a whole bag of chips. Great. That fit in your macro plan. You're done. Um, But you don't get any carbs the rest of the day. But you made that choice. It gave you the ability to say, I'm going to spend those 300 grams on whatever I want. Sounds cool, right? No. Oh, you don't think so? I know the answer to this. Oh, huh? You're like, you know how this goes. No, but um, there there are some days and there are times when I go, what does it matter, right? As long as I hit it, fine. And if I hit it with this, then, I mean, is there some value to that? Right. Is, I'm asking the question. No, so. yeah, there, there is. There's value to that. But here's the thing about macros that people don't realize until they do it is it's actually pretty complicated. It takes a lot of time. It's very detail-oriented, and it's way worse than counting calories. It is. Because oh, instead of counting okay. one thing, you're counting three things, right. and you're trying to balance. And there's no food, even the chips example. Chips are a combination of carbohydrates, protein, and fat. They're mostly carb and then fat and then protein, but everything you eat is going to have all three nutrients, right? So balancing them and hitting your limit and all of that stuff takes work. Now, people who do it and have it figured out and know the routine really love it, and people lose weight with it, or they just feel like they have total flexibility until you hit your limit, and then you're done. There's there's no flexibility, <laughs> or it's not worth it. Okay, so, so you look at, like, let's say broccoli. Yes, and broccoli would be it would fit under what macro? Well, it's going to be it's not there's hardly any fat, so it's going to be a carbohydrate. Carbohydrate. And protein. So there's a little bit of protein in broccoli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but here's the thing. So I like to just think of vegetables as free. So oh. that's one way I just get. If you were going to count macros, you might just count the things that add up too quickly, like chips or cake. Or sandwiches or fast food, that stuff goes from, you know, it's really hard to eat 1,500 calories of broccoli. Right. But you can eat 1,500 calories in a cheeseburger. Right. In a few minutes. Right. Or breakfast burrito. Or breakfast burrito. From Beto's. Yes. Yes. I know. Those can be, I know. I always say if you can bicep curl your burrito, (laughs) it's got too many calories. (laughs) 
It has that deep thud in the sack when they put it in. Yeah, when when they hand you your food and you're like, I could lift weights with this, yeah. it's probably too many calories. <laughs> I can get to six reps on it, but I can't get to 12. Nope. Right? Yeah, that's too many. Okay, so uh, so vegetables are free. In Melanie's macro plan, Okay. I mean, most macro counters count everything, but I, I just think vegetables should be free. Is Stop there, counting is, your vegetables. Is there a, like... Um, you hear about the percentages. Yes. So you should have so much percentage of protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Is that is that kind of yeah. part of counting your macros? Yes. And I see different percentages all over the place. So let's just do Melanie's macro plan because right, I'm pretty okay. sure I'm right. All right. Okay. Uh, I've done a lot of research on all these diets. But basically, I stick to 20 to 30% fat. Okay. 20 to 30% protein. And the fat is... Healthy fats, Healthy ideally. Fats. Yeah, okay. monounsaturated, polyunsaturated. Um, and then 20 to 30 on protein. So guess what? See they're the same number? Keep it easy. 20 to 30 on fat, 20 to 30 on protein, and then 60 to 40 on carbohydrates. So um, if you're trying to lose weight, I might do the 30, 30, 40. 30% Got it. protein, 30% fat. Your, no, your, your range can vary. Um, but then there's all kinds of calculations you do. You figure out your daily calorie needs and you divide it by four or nine and then that gives you your grams, whatever. Let me give you an example because okay. I did yours. Oh. I mean, I guessed on your weight and your height and your age, but okay. I think I know all those things. So I'm pretty close. I'm 51. Okay. Six oh, I said, you were only f- I said you were only 50. Oh. You only look 50, not yeah. 51. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Thank you. Okay. So I know that you're on a path to lose weight. So your calorie, your daily cal- calorie needs with weight loss in mind that losing about two pounds a week is 2,300 calories per day. Which is a lot. 2,300. But you're Seriously. a big guy. Yeah. You just said you were six six. Right. So okay. No, uh, just so you, just so people know this, I'm just telling you, twenty three hundred calories. I would be beyond satisfied eating that many calories in a day. I can well, guarantee, I can guarantee you that. that's what the cal- the calculator no, says. You get thirty three hundred. Yeah, I actually. So this is interesting. Keep going. Okay. So let's say you get twenty three hundred calories per day. If I put you at fifty percent carbohydrate, that gives you two hundred and eighty eight grams of carbs. Or 1,100 calories from carbs, 20, uh, 150 grams of protein, and 77 grams of fat. So those would be your three numbers. You so have. give me what is the how many grams in like a average size chicken breast? A chicken breast for protein is like 25 grams. And that's so 150. You get 115 per day. Oh. I know this is hard. It's wow. kind of hard over only listening, but the point is, is that you'd have these three numbers, right? right? That you would kind of track, and you can eat what you want, but you need to look things up. You need to measure, and you'll learn a lot about what you eat, and it won't it's, always it's, be that it's hard. It's part of kind of the journaling thing. It kind, it's kind, it's, yeah. it's a way of journaling. Actually, right. I'll tell you for me, my experience following this and tracking this, uh-huh. my fitness pal. Yes. Is awesome at doing this. And I'm sure there's a million other apps out there that actually can help you. And you just, you go, here, I have a cup of broccoli. I have, you know, a cup of, of quinoa, whatever, whatever it may be. I have, uh, I yeah. have a chicken breast. I have an egg. And it, and you just plug it in and it will tell you where you are towards those percentages. Yep. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, food prepared in an air dryer, is it bad or is it good for me it's an air fryer air fryer fryer. but dry it does dry your food (laughs) an air fryer fryer all right and taste buds can we uh, train our taste buds yeah all right we'll be right back
right, welcome back to Really Healthy. Scott Mitchell, Melanie Douglas here. Um, air fryers. So you you have like, you know, a deep fryer. Right, that now uses they have, lots of oil. Yes. Yes. In the old deep fried turkey or... Yeah, and usually yeah. an unhealthy oil. Yes. Yeah. Is it possible to deep fry in a healthy oil? Yeah. Like, oh. uh, like grapeseed oil or olive oil would it change the outcome of things or would that actually still be bad okay. i don't i don't know i just it just popped in my head when i we know were... um you can do it on your stovetop with like an avocado oil mm-hmm. um it, because your stovetop isn't going to make it quite as hot but like a yeah. fryer i mean i worked in fast food in high school a real fryer no those no oils get way they, too they, hot yeah it's, that... it's really bad okay so so air fryers so it's not grease it's not oil it's not anything it's just air it is just air so you put that chicken breast in and it circulates really hot air and it makes the outside crispy and there's no oil it actually reduces the oil the fat by like 70 percent. what yeah have you ever used an air fryer no because i hear a lot of people using them and really liking them and I would use an air fryer about as often as I eat fried food, which oh. is occasionally, and it's like I don't need another appliance or the mess. Uh, so I I think I'll just eat my fried food once in a while. <laughs> and not have to deal with something new and different. And well, I don't know. That. I mean, I should try it, I guess. But, I mean, it, I've read up on them and why people are using them, why they like them. And here's why people say they like them, okay? So it's not smelly which is big for me. It's not as messy. I've tried making homemade French fries in my healthy oil. It gets messy. Um, It can make veggies crispy. So people like, and they'll say, my picky kids will now eat their sweet potatoes because they have a crispy outside. And I'm like, okay, yeah, those are all really good things, right? It does lower the fat and calories of commonly fried foods. And then do you want to hear what the experts say? I love what the experts say. Yes, please. Okay, so the experts say people still are eating trashy food that was, is trashy too mean of a word? Well, let's use an example, like something that you would normally fry. I don't know, like a big old burrito with cheese and meat and blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you want to make that fried, it's still cheese and extra flour and processed food. It's still the same junk, right? So, so what, that we used a little less oil. The other thing is that people, you know, I like oil. It's not the oil's bad. So let's say I'm having sweet potatoes. I would rather roast them with some healthy olive oil than make them dry with no oil. That's me. So I still like to use those oils. I don't think it's necessarily that they're bad. So, so where people can trip up, so to speak, yeah. is they think it's air. Yeah. So it's not full of all of these bad oils and fats. Yeah. And therefore, I can get the bad foods... And if I air fry them, bad. it's gonna it, they're gonna magically be better, yeah. right? That's the fallacy. Yeah. So so you can there so there's some benefit from some healthy foods like vegetables, but not necessarily like like the bad food. Like we were kind of joking about taquitos. Yeah. They're still gonna be. It's still a taquito. Yeah. Or if you had fried chicken, if you had air fried chicken, it's still gonna be if it's all breaded and still has the skin on it. It's probably gonna yeah. be fairly close to the same. 
actually, chicken is the one that I think that's better. That, that if you're going to eat fried be chicken, okay. you should air fry it because chicken is straight up protein. That's awesome, right? Right. And chicken does have some fat in it. So chicken is already a combination of protein and fat. When you fry it, traditionally, you load up the fat and it becomes way too greasy. But if you air fry it, you still have that good, clean protein without all the fat. So that I would say, look, I think it's awesome for like fried chicken, vegetables, whatever. I personally don't want another appliance in my kitchen. I just like to cook, you know, old-fashioned. All right. In the news, we have this another article from Women's Health Magazine. Uh, there are actually... There are actually tips. Yes. They say there are six tips to train your taste buds. Yes. This is so awesome. I could I could talk about this for like three segments. Wow. Um, because I have four kids, and I've gone through this with my four kids and my current four-year-old. It took one time. He ate Lucky Charms one time. There's no going back. His taste buds are It like, was like. <laughs> nope. No more Cheerios. I'm addicted. I yep. only like Lucky Charms now. And I'm like, you have They're them magically like delicious. On, I know. That's what my husband said. Yes. They're magically delicious. Um, anyway, but no, your taste buds can be trained. So uh, first of all, they can be trained. Second of all, um, it can take five to ten times to like a food. So and even just in one sitting, like let's say you have this green smoothie and you taste it. And you're like, oh, I can't drink that. Chances are. By the time you finish the smoothie, it will taste better at the end. You will have already acclimated your taste buds to that. So just getting through it the one time, it's not even over over 10 days, just the one sitting, you could learn to like a food. But this article had six really good tips, so I don't want to miss them. So one of them was taper off. So if you normally have three cubes of sugar in your coffee, taper to two, taper to one. So that's one way to train your taste buds. It's like not painful, just a little bit less every time, right? Okay. Um, Number two is try, try again. So like I said, it could take five to ten times. So if your kid says they don't like broccoli, you make them try at least ten times before you let them get away with not liking. So when someone says, you know, it's really an acquired taste. Yeah. That's kind of the idea. That is the idea. Just kind of keep. Everything's acquired. Got it. Everything's acquired. Okay. Number three is mix old and new flavors. So let's say they love sugar and they hate strawberries. Well, combine them. Give them a little bit of sugar with their strawberry. You gradually take the sugar away, and magically, they like strawberries. Okay? Number four is um, don't let your nose deceive you because sometimes foods have a smell, right? Isn't that most of it for us? The smell of food is? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing about smelling uh, an orange and eating a lemon and it and it actually tastes like an orange. Yeah. So maybe you have to plug your nose and not smell it. Uh, Okay. Okay. Number five is make your food look pretty. When it visually looks good, it tastes better. And another interesting thing was put your vegetables on the right side of your plate. They look better on the right side. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm just telling you what the article said, but it makes sense to me. I think my vegetables look better on the right side of my plate. See, that's biased towards us left-handed people. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Okay. All right. Well, so, maybe there, maybe there's no science to that one, but I, I thought it was I have a food for you. I have to ask. Okay. And there's no way you can acquire a taste. Have you ever had durian? It's a fruit. No. It's Mm-mm. from New Zealand. It Not is good? disgusting. There is no way in the world I could acquire a taste for, for durian. Okay. Well, everyone's entitled, entitled to a handful of things they say will they never taste good. They, they but then can't. there are millions of other things you could eat. Okay, but the last tip was music, which I'm a music oh. junkie, but it was talking about how me- mellow music makes you enjoy your food more, and so you taste it and you slow down and whatever. So mellow music is what you play when you eat food you like. 
if you're going to eat something you don't like, like let's say you hate cauliflower, you play like jarring, hardcore electro music while you eat. This is seriously, I think there's something to it because it's so distracting. You don't taste your food as much. You don't taste? Because the noise distracts your taste buds. Wow. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Those are awesome. Interesting, right? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. All right. Um, you can go see us at Instagram and on Facebook at the uh, Really Healthy Podcast. Also, anywhere you can find your podcast, like us, give us a review. Love to hear from you on our website, thereallyhealthyshow.com. For Melanie Douglas, I am Scott Mitchell, and we hope you have a really healthy day. <laughs>